Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 80 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And I have a letter that I know you are going to appreciate. I got a letter today that I really look forward to just getting all out on the table. There are so many important things to discuss. This person has had an experience where her very well-meaning parents raised her to not trust her body, to not trust food, and she's gone through lots and lots of bumpy roads (laughs) with food and um, recovering from her eating disorder. And now she's in this place of 
reconnecting and rediscovering intuitive eating. If you haven't found intuitive eating, it's a book by Evelyn Tribley and Elise Resch, who are two dietitians, and they wrote this book back in the mid-90s, and it's all about using your own body and um, hunger and fullness cues to direct your eating choices, and that we all can do this. Yes, even you. I know you've had a really tough relationship with food, but you can also trust your body again, and they spell out, out how to do this. Well, and this person is reconnecting with that. And what has transpired is that they're now coming to this place of peace that they're going to be living in a larger body and yet fearful that if they do choose to start a family, that their children will probably be in a larger body too. And although this letter writer is in this place where she knows she is going to unconditionally accept whatever their child's body looks like. This person is aware that the world is not there yet. So I call a colleague and friend. Her name is Leslie Schilling, and she is going to help to really dive into this conversation. How do you navigate the family dynamics when you're raising your own children and up against a family that really is into diet culture? And can I raise a normal eater if I've never been one? I think that's a really important question to examine and look through all the different moving parts. When I was reading this letter, I was really struck with how similar it sounded to all the people I've talked to over the years as I've helped people make peace with food in their body. And it especially reminded me of the women that I work with who are affected by polycystic ovarian syndrome. Most women with PCOS are taught from a very young age that they need to make their body smaller and that they can't trust their body. And boy, do I have news for you. You can trust your body if you have PCOS and I want to help you to connect those dots for you. I have a series that I'm running this summer. If you're listening to this podcast in real time, be sure to go to my website and sign up to um, my PCOS series that I'm, I'm having every week. So all you need to do is go to juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS if you'd like to hear more about the strategies that I have found to help women with PCOS make peace with food. Because yes, you can too. All right, let's go ahead and get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, where do I even start with my relationship with you? A childhood of sneaking food, feeling out of control around anything I wasn't allowed, different food bought for my slim siblings while I wasn't allowed anything fun, being put on diet plans and seeing nutritionists before I even became a teenager. It's no wonder I ended up where I did. 15 years of swinging between binge eating and not caring how big I got and restricting and over-exercising, chasing a perfect body so I could finally be happy. Not to mention the worst years in my early 20s experiencing bulimia and believing there was something wrong with me. Feeling so worthless because I wasn't skinny. And even when I was thinner than I ever dreamed possible, realizing it didn't make me feel any better about myself anyway. As a 30-year-old woman discovering intuitive eating, I feel as if my eyes have been opened. I recognize some mistakes made by my well-meaning mother when I was a child that set me on this path. 
As I think about having my own children in the very near future, I am so, so terrified that they will end up on the same track. How can I create normal eaters when I've never been one myself? How can I prepare myself to accept the likelihood my kids will be in a larger body, as both my husband and I are? I am devastated for them before I even have them, as I know what a struggle it has been for me my whole life, not being your typical size woman. How can I prepare my kids for a world that will discriminate against them because they have a larger body? It's almost enough to put me off becoming a mother altogether. I don't want to condemn them to a life of eating issues and judgment. My mother lives with us now too and still doesn't understand why I have given up on dieting and the weight loss dream. How can I protect any children I may have from anything she may say to them to affect them, given she will be living with us? What will I say if I do get pregnant to doctors who will tell me not to gain any weight or only gain a little? I am terrified to get pregnant because I know the stigma I will face. How do other larger women get through pregnancy? Sometimes it seems that being thinner makes life so much easier. Food, my relationship with you is better than it ever has been. But how do I lay all my fears about having kids? Signed, Fat, Terrified, Wannabe Mom. Hey there, Wannabe Mom. Thank you so much for your letter. And I appreciate that this world, we all experience different types of joy and pain, and we all have different privileges and we all have oppression. You know, as I come to understand and appreciate intersectionality, I do appreciate that those of us who are in conventionally smaller bodies are more what some people would consider acceptable. Uh, there's an easier way as we live our life. You know, I know there's certain things that I don't ever have to think about since I live in a smaller body. Like, am I going to be able to fit in a chair or um, am I going to be able to find clothes that fit me? Which those are, I feel like just the very, 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 very tip. I know it goes so much deeper than that. So yes, I think it's easier in some regard, but the thing that's really awesome is that there is this body of research that is coming forward. And I feel like we're all able now to appreciate how to help people to feel at home in their own skin. And for you, letter writer, I know that your mom and the way that she understood the best way to prepare you for the world, living in a larger body was to try to change your body. And, you know, I agree with you. I think she just thought she was doing the best thing. And now that we know things differently, any child you bring into this world, you can prepare them by connecting with them and relating to them to let them know that you accept them no matter their size and no matter no matter so many other things. I'm going to connect in the show notes a blog post I wrote a number of years ago that I think is really fitting for what you're really navigating at this point. And the post is called Helping Your Fat Child Thrive in a Fat-Phobic World. We'll put that in the show notes for you. But it goes through some more key points on what you can do. 
I also just finished a book that I think you'd really enjoy. It's called Born to Eat by Leslie Schilling and Wendy Jo Peterson. And, um, you know, part of the book was helping your young child and infant through the toddler years, helping them to navigate food and also armoring them with, I don't know, basically a protection so that doesn't mess with their own intuitive eating skills that they're born with. Another part of the book that I really appreciated that I think for you, letter writer, will be really helpful is how they discuss like what to do if you were brought up in a way that conflicted with intuitive eating. You know, you were mentioning letter writer about wanting to raise a child to be a normal eater, but how do you do that when you never have been one yourself? And I feel like this is a really great book for that. And instead of just recommending the book, I contacted one of the authors, Leslie Schilling, and she's going to help us out and help us find some solutions just for you. So let's give her a call. Hello. Hey, Leslie, it's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for um, saving some time for me today to go over this letter. Did you get a chance to read it yet? I sure did. Awesome. Awesome. And wow. I mean, this mom has been through the ringer with diets and I hate that she's feeling so scared about these next steps in her life because um, I know you have children and like it's such an amazing part of life, but um, she certainly brings up some really, um, I don't know, I think some like tough things that she's experienced. So I'm excited to dig deeper with you about this letter. Yeah. And, and just how beautiful and vulnerable and I'm just, I just, I love the letter and want to just reach out and and hug her. Oh yes. (laughs) Let's send her a virtual hug right now. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Sending you a hug. So what do you feel like is your general impression about what, what's going on and what she's experiencing? Well, I mean, it bothers me that she's experiencing it, but she lives in our culture. And, you know, I, I understand that this is, you know, it's kind of, it's not uncommon to feel this way in our culture, but that is sad. And it, it makes me angry. I always joke with a lot of my clients about how I feel like I have some righteous anger about our, about the diet culture and the dieting culture and what it does to people. And something I was thinking about with her is that like she's come such a long way as she's 30 years old and she's discovering, you know, intuitive eating for the first time. And I think it's so beautiful and vulnerable that she is taking the time to recognize and accept um, that what she learned as a child and perceived to be normal isn't normal at all. And understanding her own development around food is a super important step um, for her to move forward to develop her own sense of what is normal and healthy for her and her family in the future. Yeah, that that must have been really, really uh, hard and uh, like a tough pill to swallow to be like, wow, you know, this this family that loves me and was trying to take care of me, what they taught me was really not a great thing <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. That would be really, really hard to do. And and something I did appreciate along those lines is even how she's come to this place of like, well, my mom 
really did the best she could. She didn't realize that she was promoting this harm and mom still doesn't get it. Um, And I know you have experience with people who are like walking the same path as this letter writer. What do you feel like are like the first steps for her to, you know, come to terms with what she's experienced. And, uh, you know, it sounds like she's also just trying to decide what she wants to do with her life with like, what should I even have kids if this is the world they're going to be in? Um, Yeah. Look, what do you feel like are the first steps she should take? Well, I mean, I think she's, she's done a really important first step, which is acknowledging how she was raised, you know, taking, taking it at face value. It is what it is. It's, it's not what I want to do. And, and, really using that information to move forward. And I, I love the quote, like when you knew, when you know better, do better. (laughs) And so now she, she has this knowledge, um, that she has her own nutrition intuition and that she can use it. And I think that is, is so important that she, um, recognizes that now she has this great skill and yes, she lives in this, in this world, but she gets to decide what health and normalcy is going to look like for her family. And with that knowledge of, you know, her own nutrition and nutrition intuition, now that she has this knowledge, she also has a responsibility to herself and to those that she loves to be assertive about it. And I think that's something that we aren't taught, I think, as women um, or little girls is that we we get called bossy or whatever um, or other things when we're assertive. And there's nothing wrong with her standing up for this is how I'm going to raise my child. This is why. And I would like for you to support me. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's like owning what you now know to be true for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, And you're bringing up some of the things that she was mentioning about her mom, you know, if mom is going to be living in the same house, as she's raising a family. And um, I think it's it's a you said it so well, like, it's her responsibility now to like, now that she has seen this, she can't unsee it, you know, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. this is this is what she needs to do in order to raise her family. And is there Mm -hmm. anything any like, kind of nitty gritty kind of, um, either ways to communicate that with families or with mothers that may be immersed in diet culture that you have found to be helpful? Well, I can say from my own experience, having a daughter in this world and, um, you know, my mother-in-law and my mom and working with lots of clients and and their moms and dads. I mean, let's, let's, let's not um, (laughs) just pick on moms. Um, It's, it's, you know, everybody is that, um, I mean, we have to stand up for our kids. And I've said, like, when somebody made a comment that was not positive about their own body, it's like, I am really sorry you feel that way, but I'm not going to teach my child to dislike her body. And when, and she looks up to you. And so I think it's really important that, you know, this is what we're going to do in our home. And, if you say something, I'm going to call you out and I'm not picking on you, but I'm doing this out of love for my daughter. And I would love for you to be able to find love for yourself eventually too. Mm. Um, and, and it's hard, but I tell you what, when, <laughs> when my little girl was little and I heard the first, you know, body comment that was negative, it just, it just boiled up in me that I was like, 
I know, I know the damage this does. And it is my responsibility to, in a loving, assertive way, say this is not, this is not going to happen in my home and my family. Yeah, I think for, for myself, and I don't know if it's like this for everyone, but for many people, when you have your kid in front of you, um, it's, and you're trying to protect them, um, it's mm-hmm. easier to be assertive than you think. <laughs> like about this, like, because <laughs> especially when you know all this information and how um, teaching body hate, how it can um, send people down this path that can be really like torturous, you know, we want to protect them from that. So um, yeah, this, this letter I, writer I might think- find it easier than she thinks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think once, you know, I mean, I helped parents and moms and dads, you know, have these conversations before I had kids. And I feel like I could give them words and, and all that. But now that I've experienced with my own child, with parents or parents of parents or whoever saying kind of negative things, you really, people get to know what you're about. And I think they respect. I think people respect it. People don't know what they don't know. And even in a conversation with my mom, my mom, you know, did some proofreading for me for, um, for my book. And she was like, wow, you know, we were doing the best we could and we didn't know that we were doing harm. And she goes, if I could take it all back. And I'm like, the thing is you don't have to take it all back, but do you know how much it means to me that you're saying wow, what I did was wrong and I'm really sorry. I think honesty is just builds so many bridges and helps other people be a lot more open-minded to this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, and so I know this letter writer's mom is totally all in with diet culture, but maybe, maybe she is uh, malleable in that way. Like maybe there's, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe we can give her some more, more chances um, especially with a, a grandchild, you know, maybe there'll be a, a time where she'll be open to something and, and she may not. And I think what you were saying is something that I find myself doing a lot too, where I say, you know, um, I respect that, you know, you're your own person. And in our family, we're doing it this way. Like, I feel like exactly. it's a really great way to just be like, you do your thing. And in our family, we're doing it this way. And when you're around us, I'm going to stand up for it every single time. Um, It's Mm -hmm. just like a racist comment. I'm going to do the same thing. And so when you do a body comment, um, I'm going to I'm going to say something. And it's not necessarily about you. It's just that I'm doing my job to raise this person to become a healthy adult. So absolutely. um, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something. That's something that I talk to clients and and parents about, too, is like the home is a safe zone. And something she said in her letter, too, was about, you know, being in this, you know, being discriminated in this world for living in a larger body. My hope is that things will be a little bit better when she brings a child into this world. And I hope that she would say, you know what, there are all types of bodies and and they're all different and unique and beautiful. And I, and I hope that she will evolve into that. And I think she probably will, given that she will have this, you know, beautiful life to care for. But the home is a safe zone. And she can make the home a safe zone, regardless of who's in it, by saying that this is what our family does. But here's the beauty in, in this, too. There, there, it's mom may never break away from diet culture. 
But her mom doesn't have to understand it for her to decide that's how she's going to run the, run the show. You know, and that's the thing, like we're always trying to be like, but people never get it. They don't understand. Well, we do the best to help them understand, but it's not our jobs to change their minds, but it is our job to be assertive about the safe zone that we live in. And that's going to be the home. And I feel like if you're, if you're really in this, regardless of what issue it is, but if you have rules or values that you follow as a family, I feel like that makes a child self-protective and gives them a wonderful filter to live out in our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about it, it reminds me a lot about uh, just even that concept, like we can't control people's feelings, how they react to our choices or, you know, what we communicate. We, we're not, we, we can't control their feelings. We don't want to anyway. And so that it's, it's, it's basically a healthy boundary, but also being respectful at the same time of the other person. Um, and I think yeah, you're and- right too, that safe zone thing concept I think is vital and why I'm hopeful for our future and like size diversity, because the more people who are living in larger bodies, are um, hearing that their body is acceptable no matter what, and then raising children then also to feel safer in their home, you know, even if the world is not 100% going to be understanding of that concept. But at home, if they have a place where they feel safe, then it's going to build like another bridge in a sense too. Absolutely. And, and I will say in my own life, you know, I'm, this is what I do. <laughs> and then, and I have, and then of course my little girls off at preschool hearing, getting influences from maybe children that live, their parents are engaged in diet culture. And she might come home and say something like so-and-so told me to eat my growing foods first, or so-and-so mm-hmm. said, this is too much sugar. And I have pounded into her, you are in charge of your body. I don't care. If you're at school and your teacher says, eat something first, you are in charge of your body. And she even has this little card that she can pull out by Dr. Um, Catterall, the feeding doctor, that basically says, I'm in charge of me and my food. If you want to open containers for me, that would be awesome. And if you have a question, call my mom. I love, um, those, I love those cards. <laughs> and I know those cards are in your book. And I I, I, I think we can also um, link to them on the show notes because um, Dr. Rowell has on her um, website, yeah. I think. We'll have to do that because those cards are so kick-ass. I love They're those. so good. <laughs> But yeah. my, my little girl knows I get so, like, she knows. And I'm like, okay, who's that? It's too much sugar. <laughs> you can tell mommy's about to flip her lid. She's like, oh, so-and-so. But I told her I was in charge of me. Oh, and and I was good. like, yes, some of the mm. things that we're doing at home are, you know, getting through. So I really think, like, creating that safe zone and those values that you have, they do. They they do absorb them. And it I think it does help give them that filter or kind of the little bubble that they can protect themselves in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I even asked her one day, you know, who's in charge of your nutrition information? I was being all righteous mommy nutrition expert thinking she was going to say me. And she was like, I am. And I just started cracking up. I'm like, oh, hallelujah. (laughs) That's so wonderful. I thought you were going to say me, but you said you. And that's exactly right. That's right. That's right. Oh, yes. Oh, and the more... um, the more they're exposed to the world, the more challenging it is. But it it also reminds me that 
I don't, we want to protect our kids so much, but we have to let them fail. We have to let them get hurt. And nutrition and body image is one of those same things. They need to live their life. And we can only, mm-hmm. we can set a foundation. And, and so they have a place where they feel safe. And then we need to let them fly, you know, and your girl's Absolutely. flying and she's doing fine. She's going to do fine. Um, well, we, we hope. <laughs> I, think, I think so. I think so. We, we have a, we try to work on our safe zone. I'm very lucky that my husband understands the safe zone too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think it's, it's an important concept. I feel like if kids feel at home in their own skin, what, you know, and at home at their, like with their family, then it's it's setting them to have that foundation that um, their relationship with their body can be like a lifelong positive one. And yeah. um, on this show, we have a resource called the Food Peace Syllabus. And if you're new to the podcast, it's a guide of blog posts and podcasts and movies and books that help your relationship with food. And you can find it by going to my website, juliedillonrd.com, and you can sign up to get it right away. But Leslie, do you have anything that you would like to add to it? I would love to add um, Born to Eat, which is um, a new book that my very good friend um, and dietitian and chef um, co-authored with me, Wendy Jo Peterson. Um, It's Born to Eat, and we are very excited about this book, particularly for new parents and new moms and and parents or caregivers of um, infants through about three years old. And we're excited about it because it's it's a feeding method. It's kind of a baby-led weaning feeding method, but it's so much more. We feel like we really flew under the radar to get the non-diet nutrition intuition message in front of families when they're just starting out to hopefully arm them to break free from the diet culture while they're teaching their kids to support um, or they're supporting their new babies in learning how to trust their their own intuition around food. Mm, and mm-hmm. so we're we're super excited about it, and we really hope that it's going to just smack diet culture in the face. Um, and she also mentioned in her in her um, letter about dealing with physicians and and stuff like that. How do you do that? We even have letters in the book about that's kind of like, this is what we choose. We would really love your support. Um, so, I mean, that's, it's, it's a little bit more of like, how do you talk to these people? Um, regardless of it's your weight, your child's weight, whatever. Um, but it's around the feeding method. So I'd love to add born to eat. And, and I'm also going to add, um, there's an excerpt from the book, which is, um, 10 ways born to eat parents can support body trust and born to eat kids. And it has stuff that you could share with teachers. She could share with her mom. Um, and it's just, talk, you know, we don't talk negatively about others' bodies. And it's just really, how do we support this, um, this in a dieting culture? And so those are the two things. So I would love to add. To the yes, story. we will. And I just finished Born to Eat. And I really like it for many reasons. And I think you're one of the ones you mentioned, I think you did a very wonderful job sneaking in this like weight inclusive kind of concept when people weren't really looking for it. <laughs> and uh, the baby, the baby led weeding, I, I, that's something that that's how we raised um, our children when they are young with, with uh, food. And if you're not aware, understanding the baby led weaning, I, the way I always understood it is just like, and you don't have to use like baby food. Like, let's just go ahead and just use regular 
whole food and not necessarily like whole 30 type whole food, but like right, right. just like the foods food. of the family. Yeah. yeah the like the, the family and you yeah. probably aren't serving up a bunch of bowls of puree. Yeah. So. No, I don't know. That just doesn't look appealing <laughs> to me. Um, unless I'm like drinking a smoothie, but you know, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that's the thing with in your book. I love too, because it talks about whole food and in the way that whole meaning like not diety either. And so exactly. that's where I feel like that's how you got a nice little in. And for this letter writer, that would be a great book just to have like on the coffee table once you have children, just to have it there. So maybe mom will look through it and it'll just gently reinforce this, you know, that this this child's going to be in charge of her own body. And here's mm-hmm. the science behind it. And I love like the, the talking points, like how you said with like talking to other people about raising your children. Uh, there's lots of wonderful guides in there. So thank you for writing it. It's, it's a wonderful mm-hmm. resource. And so we will put that on the food piece syllabus. And I really appreciate your insight with this letter writer. I know she's going to be really excited to hear from you. And I think she's going to have some really great places to start. And Leslie, if someone wants to find out more about your work, what's the best way for them to find you? Um, well, um, I do a lot on Instagram, which is just Leslie showing um, a lot of kind of how do I deal with some of these situations at, you know, ends up on Instagram, um, which is Leslie Schilling. And then my website is leslieschilling.com. And the book website is born to eat book.com. Awesome. Well, we'll put all of those in the show notes. That'll be just, they can just click to it right now if they're interested. Um, and again, thank you so much. This is a really um, complicated, tricky kind of topic. And um, I think you're going to provide some people like a nice clear outline and give them some hope. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Well, there you have it, Letter Writer. I hope Leslie and I were able to give you some first steps or maybe just some things to ponder as you make these next steps in your life. And, you know, only you can decide if you're going to want to start a family and, and all those fun decisions. But something I know to be true is you know, you had this really complicated foundation with food and then you reunited with intuitive eating. And I say it like that because I think we're born to eat, kind of like Leslie's book title, but we're born to eat in a way that you're now just relearning. We are born as experts and in charge of our body and knowing how much we need to eat how and what foods and you know, you're getting back to that. What I trust will happen if you do decide to start a family is that's the only way your children are going to know because now you get it. Now you really get how important that is. So best of luck on these next steps. And I see food is written back. Before we get to it, please keep us posted on how things are going. I really am rooting for you. Take care. Dear fat, terrified, wannabe mom, our foundation was complicated and you've done so much to heal your wounds. While our relationship with you as the expert may not quite feel normal, you can still raise a normal eater. Stay to what you know to be true now. We are born to eat and knowing what foods we need. We are also born in a body that is precious, wise, and deserving to feel at home, no matter where it roams. 
When the time comes and you're a mother, look into your baby's eyes. Gently, let them know they are safe with you. Doing so will remind you you're safe at home in your own skin. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.